0: Welcome to Communicate to Lead for leaders and aspiring leaders who want to clarify their message and communicate with impact. I'm your host, Keely Belton. In this show, you'll get all the tips and strategies you need to communicate with impact and lead your team to excellence. Let's get straight into today's episode. I have met some exceptional leaders in my life. Some had a leadership title and others led without wanting or waiting for that sometimes elusive title or position. And we all know how that sometimes plays out. Over the last few months, I've had the pleasure of interviewing some amazing leaders who shared their leadership journeys as well as tips and strategies they use when leading. If you're someone who's in a leadership position and you've been listening to the show over the last few months, first of all, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And then I bet you've recognized some of the strategies that some leaders are using. And perhaps you've even taken some notes yourself and started implementing some of the strategies and have gotten some amazing results for yourself. In today's episode, however, I wanted to focus on you if you are aspiring to move into a leadership position, partly because I haven't touched on this topic yet in the show, and I also received this really great question from one of my coaching clients. Her question was, how can I show my leadership potential when I'm not in a leadership or managerial role? And I don't seem to have the support of my immediate supervisor. I know that taking the lead comes naturally to some, maybe some of us, and others have to really work at being seen as quote unquote leadership material. Now, if you're always comfortable taking the lead and showing others what needs doing, amazing. And congratulations. Keep doing that. But this episode is also for you. If you are seen as a natural leader, then you have the opportunity, and yes, I'm going to say it, the responsibility to support others on their leadership journeys. Sometimes the best leaders lift others into roles where they can showcase their leadership skills. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me pull it back a little. Let's talk about how you can showcase your leadership skills even before you get that title or position. I'm going to discuss nine ways you can demonstrate and strengthen your leadership capabilities. The first one is to offer your support. Look for what needs doing and do it. Don't wait for someone to ask or tell you what to do. This one consists of two parts. One, You have the opportunity to lighten your leader's load by doing what needs doing without him or her telling you what to do. The second part is when you do what needs doing without being asked, you help your teammates succeed in their work. Try something as simple as, how can I support you today? That question has gotten me some of the best responses I could have asked for. And I, I learned this specific question from someone I worked with over the last few years. She was my manager at the time. And she always would ask, how can I support you today? And it stuck in my mind. And I started using it that. And I would get people just completely floored because they have never heard that question. An example, the first ever VA I worked with always offered his support. Joey, if you're listening, this one is for you. Joey would complete the work I gave him in record time, number one, and then he'd always come back for more. When I was too busy to think of something that needed to be completed, he would simply take the lead and start doing things on his own. He'd show up every weekday ready to do his best work And today, I'm so proud and excited to say that Joey is leading a team of VAs at the company where he started as a VA at the end of 2020. We are in 2022, my friends. That means it's doable. It's possible. If you are willing to offer your support unconditionally, always going in with a positive mindset and saying, hey, what can I do? How can I help you? How can I support you? You will get things done. So that was number one, offer your support. Number two, and this one goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Master your craft. Become the go-to person in your expertise or field. By consistently showing you an expert in your specific area Others will pay attention. They'll be asking for your opinion or asking to work with you. This means you have to go beyond simply doing your work. Look for opportunities to work on new projects, attend workshops or conferences, and read books on your specific craft. Do it tirelessly until it becomes part of you. So whenever you need to show up and do something, you don't even have to think about it because guess what? You are ready to go. You know what needs doing. That was number two. Number three, be passionate about what you do. Passion is contagious. We love being around people who are passionate about their craft and who light up when they talk about what they do. When you're passionate about what you do, it'll reflect in your attitude and how you show up every single day. And by the way, it doesn't matter what you're passionate about. While I'm passionate about helping others become compelling communicators and leaders, I have a deep, very deep appreciation for all kinds of crafts and expertise. In my business, I employ several people, a social media manager who understand hashtags and reels far better than I could ever do. I have a VA whose admin skills have lightened my load a thousand times over And then I have another VA who's so incredible with tech, my website, sales pages, email marketing. She is on top of all that. And then I have a bookkeeper that I could not live without. She ensures I have a clear picture of what's going on in my finances every single day. I couldn't run or scale my business without these incredible human beings and experts. I couldn't show up for my clients without them, and they are all my go-to experts. When I need something done, I know right away who to go to. And for example, if I don't know and I don't have the expertise within my team, I still have other entrepreneurs, I have contacts that I can reach out to and say, hey, I think you might know who can help me with this. So being passionate about what you do gives others a glimpse of what you're all about, how you can help them without you having even to say that to them. So passion sells. Passion is important. Passion will ensure that others want to hear what you have to say. Number four, listen to others. I know I talk about this all the time, probably every other episode, but I couldn't say it anymore. Oh, I couldn't say it any less. I'm not sure which one, but (laughs) listen to others. One of the few downsides of being passionate is that we often want to dive into the conversation first. Yes, we do. But learning to listen to others is as important as speaking up first. When we invite others into the conversation and hold space for them, we are being true leaders. This allows us to really get to know those around us and what makes them tick. Think about it. When you invite someone into the conversation and they share their ideas, they share their recommendations, maybe they even share their concerns or their fears, you get to know them on a deeper level. So the next time you need to support them, you need to lead them, you know what they are all about and how you can help them. I learned this lesson when I was a young lecturer at the University of Stellenbosch, which is about an hour's drive outside of Cape Town, South Africa, if you're wondering. I was a new member of the university's disciplinary committee, and I would often wait to hear what other members of the committee had to say before I would share my thoughts. I felt I was young, I was inexperienced, so I wanted to hear what all the experienced members had to say their ideas, and what they thought would work or not work. But the chairperson of that committee, a wonderful professor, only let me do that twice. The third time the committee commenced, she wanted to know my thoughts before anyone else was allowed to speak. She said, hold on, I want to hear what Keely has to say. And at the time, I was unmarried, so she would say, I want to hear what Ms. Baitziwi has to say. Her rationale was that I was the newest member who could offer a fresh perspective. Lo and behold, I had never thought about it in that way. And when she said that, I thought, oh, I have something to share. I have some value to add. And that's really what I appreciate. And I have so much respect for her because she truly cared. She wanted to know what I thought. And she let me speak in absolute silence until I was done. Leaders like that leave a big impression on those around them. I still think about her from time to time and just how she shaped my own leadership skills and how I look at the world. Let's move on to number five. Number five is speak up and communicate clearly. And yes, this podcast is called Communicate to Lead. So you could have expected that communication would factor in there at some point. It doesn't matter whether you're communicating ideas, solutions, or your vision. Always, always be ready to communicate clearly and succinctly. Last week, I worked with a new client who's having a tough time communicating without rambling. Her words, not mine. Let's call her Jane. As a product management specialist... Jane often provides a detailed account of what she and her team are doing when she's speaking to her senior management. Although she knows they only want the highlights, if you think about it, executive, senior managers, they want the broad strokes. It's like, what's the big picture? They don't want all the details. So even though she knows what they want, when she becomes nervous, she tends to go into a lot of detail because she's afraid of missing anything and not getting... Giving the full picture. In our coaching session, we focused on giving her a communication structure that she could use based on the audience she'd be addressing. So the first thing I always asked her to think about was well, who is my audience? Am I speaking to executives? Am I speaking to engineers? Am I speaking to perhaps people who are new to the company? Now, I've said with executives, they want the broad strokes. They don't want all the detail. If you're speaking to engineers or analysts, they want all the detail. They want to know that you did your homework, that you did everything, and that'll help them make an informed decision. If you're talking to a new employee who's just joined the company, they have a different perspective. So they don't have all the depth and all the knowledge that you have. So you want to infuse that into what you're talking about, but you also don't want to overwhelm them. So you have to find that fine balance of giving them enough information to help them make a decision, to help them move along in their careers, but you don't want to overwhelm them. So that's the first thing. Once you know what they care about, now you can start crafting your talking points. And you start off with, what's the main idea? What's the big idea that you want to share with your audience? What's one thing you want to leave with your audience That means if they remember nothing else, what's that one thing you want them to remember? And that's where you start. Then give them two to three points to support that main or big idea that you want to leave them with. Once you're done with that, give them some benefits. Why is this important? What will they get out of it? Why is this crucial that it needs to be done? And then the final thing is call them to action. You want them to take some action. So what is that action? Tell them the action. Tell them by when they need to do it. So give them a deadline because we are all so busy. And if we don't tell somebody, hey, I need you to email me by Friday at 3 p.m., I'll probably put it in the back of the mind thinking, okay, I'll get to it when I have time. And then guess what? Friday passes and nothing happens. So when we are able to give people a deadline and we tell them very clearly what action they need to take, we have helped them. And that means they are so much more empowered to do what we ask them. So, there you have a bit of a structure. Now, in future episodes, I'll go into a little bit more detail around that structure, but this gives you broad strokes of how to structure information so that it doesn't overwhelm your audience or it doesn't come across as tedious. Number six, actively seek out leadership positions or opportunities, rather. You can't showcase your leadership skills or capabilities if you don't lean into opportunities. Don't wait for others to ask if you can lead a project or run an event or maybe even put together a presentation. Demonstrate initiative, raise your hand voluntarily, and do your best work when you get that nod or that yes. By consistently raising your hand when new opportunities arise, you're demonstrating yourself as the go-to person when solutions are needed. If you do that all the time, people will remember the next time they need someone to lead a new and exciting project or they they need someone that they trust and who will get the job done – they will probably have you in mind if you are always leaning into opportunities, you're always volunteering to do something. That gets noticed, my friend. And that is really what you want to do. Ask yourself, what do you do well or maybe what comes easily to you? And that is what you want to lean into when those opportunities come up. Number seven, Come to the table with solutions. I can't begin to explain how many times I'd sit around a table and the leader will come in and discuss a situation. And instead of the team around the table starting to offer solutions, what do we tend to do? We start talking about the problems. We raise all the issues. And that is not helpful. It doesn't really move the conversation forward. Instead, Offer solutions you've been thinking about or that you've been researching. Even if you haven't done any of that, the best possible way is to throw out an idea. Because at least if you throw out an idea and it might not be the one that your leader or the people around the table are looking for, it might be a jumping off point for someone else to take that idea, to tweak it, and come up with an even better solution. When you're solution focused instead of problem driven, others in the room start noticing. Most leaders won't have all the solutions. And if they tell you they do, <laughs> I promise you they don't. The best, most successful leaders know that they don't know everything and they hire teams who have expertise in things that they don't. When you offer solutions, it really helps your manager to start relying on your team, on you, and they know that you are closest to the action. So you probably know the best solution and the most innovative solution that'll work. Become known for being a solution-driven team player and you could be the one your senior leaders come to when they have a problem that needs solving. Number eight, have a growth mindset. This is another one that might sound a little woo-woo out there, but I'll tell you, leaders who have a growth mindset, aspiring leaders who focus on growth it really makes a difference in what you're willing to try out, how much you're willing to deal with failure, and how many times you are willing to get up if you don't succeed and continue practicing those skills and become stronger as a leader. As you practice and flex your leadership muscles, you won't always get it right. Let's be upfront about that. Sometimes you'll succeed Other times you might fall flat on your face. And that is okay. It happens to the best of us. But you have to keep getting up and keep on leading. Leadership is hard, but it's so rewarding. Making a mistake as an aspiring leader doesn't mean you have failed. It simply means you're learning. Ask yourself, how much do I want to make an impact as a leader? If your answer is, I want to make a massive impact with my leadership capabilities, and then you know what you need to do. Leadership is a continuous journey of growth, impact, and reward. Go for it. Try it out. If that is really what's in your heart, what's in your vision, one of your goals, go for it. And then we're coming into the home stretch, number nine. And then we come into the home stretch. Number nine, get a mentor and mentor others. Invest in your growth and find the right person or persons to mentor you. Successful leaders know they can't walk the journey alone. When you have the right person or persons to answer your questions, offer advice, and help you navigate your career or your workplace, you gain confidence in yourself and what you have to offer in ways that you probably would not or would not be able to do as quickly if you didn't have those cheerleaders, those people on your side. So how do you go about it? Find someone who will be your guide and biggest cheerleader. They will believe in you even when you don't believe in yourself. Be very clear about your goals and why you want this particular person to be your mentor. You need to know what will you get out of the relationship. What will they get out of the relationship? Do you have one goal? Do you have several goals? Can you quickly, when somebody says, okay, what do you want to achieve with this mentor relationship? Are you able to tell them succinctly what it is that you want? If you don't, brainstorm some ideas. Maybe talk to a trusted friend who has a mentor and say, hey, I'm struggling with trying to figure out What I want out of a mentor relationship. Get really clear on that because when you're crystal clear, it becomes easier to look at a potential mentor and and realize, yes, it would work or no, it probably won't. When you reach out to someone whom you'd like to mentor you, tell them about yourself, tell them about what you do and why you've reached out to them. What do you admire in them, for for example? How can they help you or what knowledge will they be able to impart on you that will make a massive impact on you and on your career? Make sure you you are able to have an open conversation with this person. If you don't feel comfortable discussing your doubts about yourself and your capabilities, then that relationship probably will not succeed. You won't get the most out of it. You want to be able to speak openly, trust the person, because that's how they'll make an impact in your life. Don't give up. If you have a conversation with a potential mentor and either you or they realize that it's not going to work as a mentor-mentee relationship, rather keep searching and ask colleagues or friends for recommendations. Go on LinkedIn, take a look there. If you are within a company or you're an entrepreneur, try looking around, speak to connections, speak to acquaintances, and see if you can find someone who can introduce you to a potential to a potential mentor. Have someone make those introductions. Now that I'm thinking back to it, I've never had to approach anyone to mentor me. And maybe that's a flaw. In my career, I've always focused on supporting others and raising my hand for new opportunities to the point where someone I respect would notice my potential and then they would approach and offer to mentor me. And of course, I always said yes. I tend to say yes first and then I go back as an introvert and I think, hang on, let me think about this for a minute. And most of the times I have to say when I said yes, I was happy with it and I would go into the mentor-mentee relationship. It has, however, happened on one or two occasions where I said yes initially to someone offering to mentor me. And then I realized, wait, that's not entirely going to work. So I would go back very respectfully, explain why I wasn't ready for that relationship at the moment. So I'm not saying, nope, never, I don't want it. I'm simply saying, hmm, maybe not right now. Maybe in the future, we could do that. And I would give them reasons why I think that. I really count myself lucky. And I know that that doesn't happen for everyone, that you get approached by others to be mentored. But something that I've prided myself on, I have approached others and asked them if... I could mentor them. And I tell them why. I tell them what they're good at. I tell them what they perhaps could be working on or maybe where they haven't the strengths quite yet. And I tell them how I can come alongside them, how I can guide them, perhaps be their biggest cheerleader, boost their confidence at times when they don't feel confident themselves. And for the most part, I've been fortunate enough where... The people I've approached, the potential mentees have said yes. And some of those relationships have worked where I've mentored somebody, they did the work, and they've gone on to surpass me in title and position and whatnot. And that, to me, is wonderful. I celebrate that. And then there's a couple of instances, too, where I worked with someone and they didn't quite commit fully. And it would we'd always get together, we'd talk about what we talked last time, what they were supposed to have done in the meantime, and then of course, they didn't get to it, whether it was personal, whether life just happened, for whatever reason, I don't want to get into too much of that because those are personal things. It didn't work, but I try my best not to take things like that too personally. All I can do is to ask someone to mentor me or to ask someone to be mentored by me, to be my mentee. And what they do with that is up to them. So are you ready to go out there and showcase your leadership skills? I really hope so. Take one or two tips you heard today and start leading. Practice those because the more you practice your leadership skills, the easier it becomes. And before you know it, it'll be second nature. You no longer have to think about it. And then you can move into coming back into this episode, listening to it again, and taking maybe another one or two strategies and moving with that. And that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope you found this episode helpful, and if you did, please, please share it with aspiring leaders. If you found it helpful, leave me a review and let me know what you found helpful and what you would like to hear more of. I will see you in two weeks.